Hello, hello, hello. Uh, between sort of quarter past 12 and one o'clock, we dip into the brain of Alan, which is frightening at the best of times. That's, that's, that's quite a... Yes, that, that would be frightening. The soup. The soup that is dip Alan into Malinek. The, dip, in, dip into the soup. Oh, my. And we still need to come up with a name for your show yeah. or your slot or whatever you'd like to call it. I think we need to bribe some people for a name. Well, if you have a suggestion, send us a WhatsApp, 812 and come up with uh, what you think is a creative name. How would you summarize the show? What is it, actually? That's a very good question. I think it's about thinking, about provoking thought, and about... Yes, what is it about, actually? Lorette, what do you see it as? Lorette's concentrating on... Yes, I'm doing news, news but um, news. yeah, it's just an, it's just intellectual, uh, you know, conversation, deep conversation, sort of going. What about? Because um, you, you go further, you delve into things. Yeah, we do some delving. <laughs> yes. So, um, what could one say? Give it some thought. We yeah. don't have to have We're the name right this minute. Yeah, I'm going to give it some thought. We did get some suggestions from Vanessa. That, yes, were, that were well. clever. Some of them were off the wall, but very clever. She's smart. When are we getting her in studio? I, I try and coerce her every week, and she avoids it. What's her favorite chocolate? <laughs> if you tell her there's an owl in here, she'll, oh, she'll be here. Yeah, yeah, she'll shame. Be here. She does Ness. wonders for, uh, for nature. She, of course, uh, she being Vanessa Davis, um, she is involved with the, let me get this right, South African Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. That's right. Lovely. And she there does some go. wonderful work. As do you, Alan. I mean, you're forever loading your bucky with all sorts of strange Occas- things. Occasionally. I won't forget the day that you arrived on my driveway. I think that was the day we met <laughs> with a vervet monkey. That's right. Do you remember that? Yes, in the, in the cage right. that you from, caught in Moorhill. In Moorhill. I think yeah. it was Moorhill. Do they know where that came from? Moorhill. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, prior no, to that, you I, know, monkeys don't just jump on a taxi and drive down the N12 from, from Kruger. Well... I uh, I think I think that the, it's a continual problem. Not a problem. It's a continual thing that happens. They they migrate. They there'll be a troop, and then the troop splits, and then some will go left, and some will go right, and they'll find their way through to other areas. They'll mm-hmm. sort of migrate, and you so know, it's not completely out of the norm to no. have uh, vervet monkeys in the suburbs. No. Okay. No. The problem, of course, is how people react to them. Yes. You know, people do stupid things like, oh, there's a monkey. Let me shoot it. Mm. Or some stupidity. Um, but then that's just people, I guess. Well, that's why we need Vanessa to come in and do a nature show every week so we can educate people. I told her. Ness, come here. There's a there's an owl here. Come here. <laughs> yeah, there's an owl in the studio. <laughs> there's a leopard walking around. It. You've got to be careful. The red show. Go hoo hoo. <laughs> <laughs> now then, today we're talking. Remind me, by the way, before the end of the show, I would like to share an experience that we had uh, last night. Was it last night or the night before? With Zena and Telcom and Absa. I posted it on my Facebook page. You may have seen it. Um, I want to share something with you today on the show, but I don't want to chew up your time, Alan. No, no, that's okay. So um, today's topic. Well, I, I was thinking we should talk about routine and, and habits and the importance thereof. And um, I'll talk a little bit about that just now because it's, it really is quite straightforward. But um, it reminded me of something that we were talking about yesterday and um, that was when we were talking about political things with the lady from the DA. Um, Lonette. Lonette, yes. And, Lonette, and Joseph and Mary Gobi. And Mary on, on the, she was on the, the phone. phone. Yeah. That, that's right. And um, I, was, I was thinking about the importance of routine. And, you know, one of the things that we were querying yesterday was this um, seeming 
it seems that there's an inability within the uh, metropolitan or the, the structure, the council and, and the municipality to fix the system. We are quite sure that, well, I'm quite sure, and I think it's not an uncommon thought that the system itself is broken. Well, listen to Lorette's news. Some poor sucker has been given a 25,000 rand utility bill. Yeah, that's nice. I know, 100,000. Oh, sorry, 100,000. Yeah, they're telling her that the only way they can fix it now is for her to buy a new meter, and yeah. that costs 20. Lovely. And she says, I don't have the money. Yeah. Are you crazy? Yeah. But you the know? annoying thing is, not to digress, but it plugs into what Alan's talking about with habits. The annoying thing is that so often you actually have to pay your bill, settle up, and then they will investigate. Well, that, that's one of the that's one of the things that I had a discussion with with in the community in the week, uh, in last week, where people were, you know, complaining about the, the service delivery, and it sort of led to the point where I said, "Well, stop paying your rates," and then everyone shuts up on the group because nobody doesn't want to stop paying their rates because, of course. You stop paying your rates, they switch your electricity off. Unless you, you happen to live in one of the... Uh, yes. An area like Soweto. Who, uh, what is it? Yeah. Nine billion or something ridiculous mm. to ESCOM? Uh, wasn't that wiped off the slate? I, I can't remember. No, they haven't yet. Haven't they? Okay. But it will be eventually. Because yeah. where, where do they get that money from? They're not exactly. going to collect it from the residents. Yeah. And it's a ridiculous situation. You know, Soweto is one place. It happens all over the place mm. as well. So Yet us, as, uh, as, as, as good law-abiding citizens, we just yeah. keep paying. A friend of ours, actually, that's where I got the 25000 from. A friend of ours... Um, has just been given a bill by the council for 25,000 rand. And Crazy. she's basically been told that if she doesn't pay it off, she's, she's paid 12, she still has to find another 12, which she doesn't have. Yep. She's been told if she doesn't pay it, she's going to be cut off. Yep. And I think Zena, for all that she is open and honest about things, she had a very good suggestion. She said, no worries. She said, let them cut you off. Mm. She said, I'm telling you, you will find somebody very easily who will just connect you illegally. Yes. And I know that sounds dreadful, but there comes a time where... You, you cannot operate legally and justly and with a conscience and as a law-abiding person in a society that is dysfunctional and broken. This you is, can't. This is the thing. When you have multiple, multiple standards for different segments of society, how are you supposed to ever have anything that's normal? You can't, you can't expect one lot to pay this and another lot to pay that and another lot not to pay anything at all. Yep. <clears throat> because eventually someone does get disgruntled and when they come along and turn your power off, well, you go and turn it back on. And you worry about it next month and they keep on billing you and then you change your address. And it's a never-ending you know, downward cycle. So, and this, this ties into some of what I was talking about with the broken system. How is it that we have allowed... In fact, let's not even go there. Let's not even worry about how it's been allowed to get there because I think that's insidious enough to not have one, one answer. But how, how are we now allowing the politicians... I, I keep on referring to this as the tail wagging the dog. And how is it that we are allowing the politicians to do what politicians do without being held accountable? They should be accountable to the people that put them in power. Mm -hmm. The people that they are hopefully exercising some control over and, and oversight over. In other words, people like the the management structure in Ekurleni uh, municipality, for instance. How is it that those people are not doing what they are supposed to be doing? In and seemingly with no recourse. 
Well, that's that's the problem. There is no recourse. This is, I think, probably the only country in the world where there's no consequence for doing bad things or for doing nothing when you are actually employed to do something. So, and plugging into today's topic, habit, do you think it's become hab- habitual? Exactly that. I, I actually think it has become a habit, and not just on the, on the, the part of the management structure or the, the heads of department or the non-performers, let's call them that, or the people that have broken the system or enable the system to continue being broken, not only on, on their part, but on the part of the politicians as well, because they are part and parcel of the entire, the same system. So how is it then that we have a situation where the politicians go to their monthly meeting, their, their council meeting? All the ward councillors go along and they listen and they... I don't know what happens there, but I would expect there's a lot of noise for the sake of noise. That's, that's how I see it from the outside. And uh, I'm not sure that that's... In fact, I'm, I am sure. It's, it's very unproductive. Mm. We are seeing the results of their two or three decades worth of just, inactivity. Just not doing anything. Complacency. And the problem with that is it enables the problem. But that's why when you listen to what Lornette has to say, people like her, like Melanie Haggard, like Mary Gobi, um, Andre Duplessis, many of these, Andre's an alderman, but many of these councillors, mm. they are the mouthpiece of the community. And we're not going to rehash what we spoke about yesterday, but they ultimately are there as a mouthpiece to represent the community. But a year, two years, sometimes longer down yeah. the line, they have the same items on the agenda. Zena has has come home. Zena is on the ward committee yep. for Ward 28. I, I forget her portfolio, but she has shown me the agenda. Do you know, month after month after month after month, the, the majority of the items on that agenda remain on Remaining. the agenda yeah. with in progress or awaiting follow-up or under investigation or mm. words to that effect. And I, I get a very strong sense that there is no one at the end of the day who's kind of accountable for making sure that that cycle is broken. So the question yeah. is, these bad habits, which is what they are, how do we fix that? How do we unbreak the bad oh, habits? Yeah, you have to be realistic about it. You have to be prepared to help hold someone accountable for a start. And you actually have to start working in a business-like manner. Don't make excuses for people's you know, inability. If the guy can't do the job, get another guy there's plenty of guys that can do the job you just have to be realistic about it and it i think one of one of the problems with the political system in general is that everybody's happy to scratch everybody else's back everybody wants to be everybody's buddy you know in a diplomatic manner even if you're on a on a different you know different team you'll still enable parts of the problem within the system because it allows you to operate in a particular way and I think that that is a fundamental failing of the entire system but to fix the problem I, I'm i not sure that the people that are um, overseeing what what I see as the problem or, or enabling it I'm not sure that they actually have the ability to do that I, I would be very glad to be proved wrong but I'm not sure that the people that are running the show actually have any understanding of running it in a business-like manner. You know, the point I made yesterday about if you were to, and I think it was off air, but if you were to run the government, or rather if you were to run a business like the government is run. You wouldn't have a business. It would fail yep. dismally and quickly. Yep. 
it, that's the simple that's the simple reality of it. it so why fail. are people like yourself, to a certain extent, like myself, and many others who are like-minded, the the Marys and Milanis and Audreys and the, the the people who are the thinkers and the people who are happy to put in a pound of flesh and get things done. Why are we being led by a group of people who are at the extreme opposite of the scale? Why are people well, like you and and as I say, many others like you or like us? Because I think we're very similar in many respects. Why aren't we in these positions? I think that I think that what what you were talking about just now <clears throat> um, is part and parcel of the whole thing, or what we were talking about with being law abiding, and that there are multiple sets of rules for people to play by. Now, us as law abiding citizens. We don't want to really go against the flow. We understand the value of having a law that governs a thing that, you know, keeps everybody in line and keeps everybody behaving nicely. And we understand that that contributes to a peaceful existence. However, we too are delusional because that is not the case. We continually allow people the benefit of the doubt. We continually do not speak up about it, not vocally enough. And I'm not suggesting go out like the Red Overall Brigade and jump up and down Smash and, things, and yeah. break things because I don't believe that that is, that is the way to accomplish it. And I'm not sure that what they are doing is, in fact, accomplishing anything either. I think that all of all – of, and it's not just the Red Overall Brigade. It's, it's all of the people that are engaged in that type of behavior. I don't believe that they are accomplishing anything positive for the long-term future. Not at all. I cannot believe that any good can come of behaving like that. Mm. However, Never mind long-term, short-term. Short-term. Uh, uh, but it is tolerated. The, the problem is that behavior is tolerated. And this is a is a huge thing, and and it will be our undoing. Now, you and I, and those like us that can think and see through all of the the subterfuge and, and everything. What is it? Because the, the question that you asked now is is that's the crux of it. Why is it that we are allowing ourselves to be governed in this way? We contribute to society in a in a positive manner. We should actually be able to have some say in how that society is shaped. Why is my future, the future of my family, my son, your kids, why are our futures being shaped by people like prisoners or criminals that can vote? How is that even barely logical? It isn't. It isn't. Same goes with the tax base and the number of people who don't contribute a cent to the economy yet have the vote. That's right. Uh, I think we touched on this yesterday as well. It may have been off air where if you had a vote that was congruent mm. with your contribution to society. So, yep. okay, you are somebody, let's say, for instance, a teacher. You're a teacher. You're, yeah. you're giving of your time and you're contributing to society. In a positive manner. You almost need yeah. like a scoring system where those yes. who contribute more to society have a bigger say than those who don't contribute. Indeed, because the guy that sits at the robot and begs and at the end of the day climbs climbs in his Mercedes and goes home because he's made 3K for the day, uh, tax-free, why should he actually have a vote? Mm. You know, Go and do business like the rest of us. Yeah. Go and... Go and you know, legally go and apply your skills. Yep. Don't don't go and take shortcuts and all of that, and then have more of a say than I do because, well, maybe not more of a say, but have a say. Hmm. How is it that the guy that's doing that um, is contributing in any positive way to the future? 
Well, there would be those who will argue that it's actually by design, that the whole intention is to keep the masses uneducated, keep the masses uh, in a place where they are posing no threat to the so-called leaders who aren't leaders at all. Well, if you look at, if you look at the way, if you look at the result of the system, that is exactly it. It can be no other way. When you extrapolate everything logically, it can be no other way. This is by design. Has it always been like this? I mean, I'm thinking I back. I think it has. Not only to South Africa, but just globally. No, I think when you go back in history, you can go back hundreds of years, thousands of years. I think that there's been some degree of this, uh, this type of system of, of control. It's just now it's much more sophisticated and 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 in your face thanks to digital and mobiles and social media and yeah. and yet we see it and I think the problem as well or another contributing fact is we've become desensitized to it because it's yes. in our face all the time. All the time. Like yesterday, you made a valid point. You said, "Since when did service delivery actually become?" A, a, a catchphrase or no, a when, saying. Where, when was that a thing? Yeah, we, we didn't use that growing up. No. There, there was service. Yeah, you didn't talk about service delivery because exactly. it was never an issue. When I when I was growing up, there weren't power failures. If if there was a power failure, it was because there was some catastrophic failure of of something within yep. the system, and yep. it was repaired rapidly. And that's not just because of the color of my skin. It's got nothing to do with me being white. There were no power failures for anybody. It was that simple. Yeah. Okay, yeah. in relative terms, of course. But the the point is, the system that was built worked. Yep. And, and the system that we have now doesn't is work. It's broken. And uh, the more it's allowed to continue, the, the, the greater the habit becomes, um, and the more it just perpetuates. Exactly. Well, what worries me a little bit is how we actually steer the ship away from, from the rocks here, because I'm, I think that everything is so ingrained that... that this disease permeates every level of what we have as a society, and that you actually need to sink. Sorry to say, you need to sink the ship and get a new ship. I'm kind of thinking that's about the only way. With a new captain yeah. and probably new crew and yep. new passengers, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, we've got a message on the WhatsApp line. Thank you, Sean. Um, a name for your show, sir. He has suggested, and, and this is quite a coincidence because he suggested something that I think Vanessa mentioned. Analytics. Oh yeah, that's uh, which is a play on interesting. analytics. Yeah. I think that's quite clever, Sean. <laughs> analytics. A L A N I T I C S. Well, there's two two votes for that then. There we go. We quite <laughs> like that. We're going to take a music break. It's Caxton Radio. Alan Malinick joins us in studio on a Wednesday between twelve and one. We have a bit of a natter. We get sort of slightly cerebral. I don't ever want this to become something that is just so. Um, What's the expression? Uh, highfalutin that nobody yeah. else can take part. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and we'll try and keep it a bit more lighthearted afterwards as well. Get away from the, the yuck. But politics. it's just, I, I don't think it's, uh, it, this touches briefly on something that, that you mentioned a few times. And that is that people tend to shy away from these conversations because it's not a comfortable conversation. No, it's uncomfortable. And it, and it makes, you, you know, you end up in, in, a, in a thought space where you actually have to, you have to confront the problem yeah. in, in your mind. Um, You've got to do something about it. And a lot exactly. of people don't like that. They're quite happy sitting in the rut, waking up, doing the, the rut, same thing. The rut's a comfortable place, man. There's velvet lining and chocolate and all sorts of stuff there. <laughs> uh, for now, Alan Malinek in studio. Thanks again uh, for your WhatsApp, Sean, with a very good suggestion for a name, Alanitics. We do like that. It's got a nice little ring to it. Yeah, we're talking about habits. Yeah, habits and the importance of habits and and routine, um, and I think it's something that the uh, the young the younger generation might benefit from actually giving more more thought to. Um, 
of whether they actually have a picture in their head of what they're going to achieve. Do they do they set that as a goal? Do they hold a, a clear image of where they're going and and what they're doing? And do they develop a routine out of you know a desire to actually reach a goal or? Uh, do they kind of just bumble on through life, you know, ad lib, you know, wing it? <laughs> I don't. I don't think many youngsters have goals. Certainly not to the extent that we used to. Um, and perhaps in, in in certain fields they may like a, a youngster who's training to do a race at school. Maybe one of their goals is right. I want to do the eight hundred meters in two minutes. So mm. habitually, or they will need to get into the habit of doing certain training and getting up in the morning and going for a morning run and. But outside of those little moments where they have goals and, and, and need to practice good habits, I think that we're dealing with a completely different youth. That yeah. said, I also think we take it for granted that when, when we were younger or, or growing up or even now, a lot of our behavior that is habitual isn't necessarily seen the same way by other people. Um, and habits, I think, can be good and bad. Absolutely. Like, like we were talking about just now, where I, I'm convinced that... The, the municipal situation is a habit. Yeah. It, it's and I bet that, that's a very good example of a bad habit. Exactly. Getting up in the morning, going for a walk around the block yeah. with your dog and having a healthy breakfast is a pretty good habit, yeah. I would say. Ab- absolutely. I, I look around, you know, I just look out the window here and I look at some of the people that I know in the community and, and well, not even in the community, just, just people in general. And I, I can't go through life not being um, aware, analytical, you know, I guess with awareness comes the, the need to analyze things and to reflect. And I, I am uh, generally introspective. Um, well, and, sorry, was that analytical or analytical? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was introspective. Oh, sorry, right. <laughs> Different vowel. <clears throat> and uh, I, I look at the people that I see as having achieved. Uh, meaningful things, you know, uh, noticeable things in business or just in in personal life. And I look at the way they behave. And then I, it's very easy to see the, uh, the difference between people like that, that are prepared to put effort into something on a regular basis, on a habitual basis and develop a routine around trying to achieve something. And the result of course, um, speaks for itself. And I think that's something that maybe people, and again, I'm referring to younger people, because I would like the younger people to actually start being more cognizant of, being more aware of what makes things better going forward. And by that, we don't mean more time on TikTok or... uh well, Instagram. That's that's a frightening thing on its own. You know, when you look at the amount of time spent on social media, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or any of these things, and and bear in mind, I think that those things can be positive in some ways. But I think when you look at the when you analyze the amount of time spent on those types of things by young people, it is frightening. Oh, it's staggering. It's we spoke about it last week with mm. Puddy Moodley. Uh, were right. you in the studio? No, no you weren't. No. Puddy Moodley does a show called EduTalk. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something like I stand to be corrected, but it's around the eight eight and a half hour mark where that is the amount of screen time yes that the average teenager is getting well eight and a half hours a day a day 
Uh, yeah. And that's across Facebook, um, messaging, social media, Instagram, TikTok, all of those things. And if you think that that's a third of their day and maybe they sleep for another third of it because, well, they're young people and that's yeah. what they do. Uh, what are they actually doing that's constructive in the last third? That, that's kind of worrying. It is worrying. And that's our future ultimately, isn't it? Yeah. So and how do we, we get them into the habit of, of not doing those things and into the habit of doing things that are ultimately going to help the planet and them? Well, I think I think that comes down to the parents to a great extent. And that's another worrying aspect of this. All that the, the parents, again, allow it. And I guess this whole thing is no different from what we were talking about just now with the politicians enabling the problem in the municipality. It's exactly the same as the the parents of the children that are wayward uh, enabling the problem you know but again like you said the other day what do you do to actually take your 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 child and divert the attention from the phone do you smash the phone do you change the password on the router what do you actually do there is so much there are so many ways easily to for them to have access to uh, you know the internet let's just call it the internet not just specifically social media i think one of the things that i find a little bit concerning is that more than a little bit concerning is my view of the internet is such that i think it could be a source of good for so many things for learning how to teach people going forward how not to do things from the past how Things were done in the past that have yielded poor results. But again, we get back into this control culture thing like mm. you were talking about just now and the system of control. And I think that's actually what we have to be focused on now is to not be in the habit of continually just going with the flow. It's, it's good to go with the flow when, it, when it's going to end you up in a good place. But if you're getting, being washed downstream... Um, and you are not thinking about where you want to go, then what's the point in it? Eventually, there's going to be a waterfall. And you're going off the edge. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's a tough one because we're also living in a world, I think, where most people are quite happy to just be sitting in that tube, uh, going downstream, and wherever they go, they go. Uh, Very few people, I think, are, are even mindful of the fact that they do have some sort of control. And I think that's part of the programming. That's part of the control mechanism is confuse the people, show them nice, bright images, show them some nice branding, yep. and everyone will be happy. They'll, they'll be distracted enough from reality for long enough. That, and we see the result of this with adults, with parents. Um, so hence my concern about the youngsters. You know, when a youngster walks into a into a shop, sorry, we kind of deviating off the hobbit, the hobbit, the hobbit, the hobbit. Now we were talking about the hobbit. <laughs> Not habits. even at the third ring here, the the habits, the habits thing. But I mean, when you take a, a youngster and put them in, you know what I'd like to do is actually put a put an EEG, a quantitative EEG machine cap onto onto a kid and send him into a shop and see what parts of the brain light up because I'm quite sure. In fact, I've probably even done this. I'm sure, but. I think you'll find that the eyes are going to be drawn to the bubblegum with the brightest wrapper. Oh, yeah. Or the flat the screen that's on the wall, the flashing lights. Absolutely. I mean, television by its very design. I've done a lot of reading yes. on that. The, you know, the frequency uh, at, at which the whole thing is, is doing what it's doing. The, the, yeah. um, I think the original patent for the television, I must go and find it again. I'll find it and print it out for you. I think in there, there was some statement to do with the fact that, well, 
It was my, a mention of mind it, control. It, it, exactly yeah? that. Yeah? It was it was mentioned in the original patent for the television that yeah. this was a mind control device, and it's yeah. exactly what it is. And the question there, Alan, is: Has the television, as we knew it, a box that was able to receive signals from um, the, the local broadcaster? Has that been replaced by the mobile phone, by laptops, desktops? Are they, in essence, exactly the same as a television? I, I think it's it's like a television. On steroids. In fact, it's worse because in many yeah. cases, the content that you're being fed, particularly advertising, is now customized. Yes. Yeah. When you when you look at what comes up on your screen, it's tailored to your your habits, what you've been looking looking for on the internet and searching for, and um, and and don't think for a moment that your your phone, your electronic device, your smart device, don't think for a moment that it's out of the reaches of the advertisers. No. We were speaking about this and the crazy things that happen on your phones when they're not even visibly on. Yes. Um, you know, we've had many a conversation about that. Oh, if you'd like to join in the chat, you can. It's 0812444832 on the WhatsApp line. This is someone else saying, um, Alan's show should be called The Tinfoil Chronicles. Because <laughs> tinfoil. And then there's somebody else saying the same thing. Are these, are these people perhaps on another group where they're bouncing ideas they, around? They are. That, that that one of those is going to be a fellow called Neil. Okay, hello Neil. Because because Neil is short. like the tin foil no? king. Oh, all right, <laughs> everything's tin foil. Okay, if you need tin foil, I think you should talk to Neil. To Neil, yeah. what does he make tin foil? No, or? he just wears it on his head a lot. I think he wears tin foil on his head. <laughs> <laughs> is he a bit spaced out? No, 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 no. He's a good lateral thinker too. Okay, because we have this on on one of the groups. Fact, foiled again. Yeah. Well, we should actually change the name to that. Foiled again. That's a good name for the group. But uh, he seems. You may use it for yeah. a small fee. I, I grant you permission. <laughs> good show. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll suggest it to him. But um, yeah, there's a one of our social groups in the community. You know. Um, and when someone suggests something that's a little bit sort of left of center, often the answer is, well, you know, you stick a tin foil on your hat. Okay. Type, type of thing. Protect yourself. Yeah. Don't joke. There's somebody I know very well. I used to work for him. Um, he owns one of the big insurance companies, in fact. And he has... There's been articles written on him because people think he's loony. Okay. He has basically shielded his entire home from the local waves, as it were, of these huge cell towers. They wow. built a, um, a rather large cell tower very close to his home. And he has literally, from the window shutters that roll down to what he's put in the walls, to the height of the walls, to uh, all sorts of interference devices that he's put up, because he is firmly of the belief and, and very strongly of the opinion that we are being somehow manipulated and controlled um, and certainly well, affected. I think we're being affected. I don't know. I don't know how much, how much intentional control there is through electromagnetic type interference and all of that. But if you take, if you take the, there was a thing called the Schumann resonance, which has got to do with the resonant frequency of the Earth and and all of that. Mm -hmm. And um, if you if you look at that and the way it's changing, <clears throat> and other other aspects of the way the the planet works and the way the, the frequencies at which things operate and and the what would be a an electromagnetic signature let's call it that mm -hmm. of a planet without all of the um, electrical interference electronics and, and so on if you look at that and compare it to what we subject ourselves to now 
um, the the discrepancy, the difference is frightening. Even just looking out here, I mean, yeah, we're sitting in a in a studio here with electrical electronic equipment. Yeah, we've got you know lights, there's, there's lights lighting. There's, I think I counted the other day. There's about eight screens in here. Yeah, and um, and there's there's wherever we look outside here, we can see flashing lights and different yep. colours, and all of those things are giving off some type of electromagnetic radiation, and all of that stuff. Um, affects you. If you think about how you feel when you go out into the bush, oh. 500 kilometers from, from anywhere, where yeah. there's no cell signal, no overhead power lines, no electricity in a house, you look up at night, you can see the stars, yeah. uh, there's no lights. That's like a different planet. It is. It, it it's like is. the planet used to be, I don't know, 100 years ago, maybe less. Yeah. <laughs> and and you then I think you get, to, and I guess a lot of people will never experience that type of thing, so we're quite fortunate that we, we can or that we have the chance to but it's an interesting thing in terms of um, when you feel that when you experience life like that without the just the electromagnetic interference let, let alone all the all the people interference that you start slowly becoming aware that actually you weren't meant to operate in all of this no. noise this electronic noise and what I was going to say just now is all of these lights out there and, and all of this stuff around us here in the studio, that's, that's a level of, of interference. When you go outdoors and you now have cell phone towers and Wi-Fi and, you know, long distance, like high frequency, um, you know, radio repeaters, RF stuff and all of that, all of that interference where you are subjected to that. And you are in the middle of it. It's a soup out there. You can't avoid it. And the crazy thing is, I think consciously you're not aware of it. No. No, you know, it's, it's, it's and I had this conversation with my dad a while ago because he's, um, well, he's an electronics engineer by, by qualification, I guess you could say. But he's quite switched on and tuned into a lot of these things. And we were having a conversation about 5G, mm. which he's kind of dismissed in many ways because his view is that um, we have been exposed to radio waves of some nature for years and years and years yes. and there's been no real record of damage being done you know when the first radio transmitters went on and, and we had this exact conversation that if you were able to see beyond the visible light spectrum yeah. as a human being if you could see what was going on around us if you could see all these waves yeah. that are bombarding us <laughs> uh, we got onto the conversation of birds and how differently they see the world because exactly. and how uh, they navigate because they view uh, i think we were talking is it infrared that a bird can see i think That's a bat a bat yeah bats can see infrared and they've also got um what do you call it um radar radar but but just the visible like sonar, so, yeah, yeah, sonar basically. Um, but the visible light spectrum, we we see what our eyes are capable of seeing when there yes. is so much more. So if you imagine making all of those waves visible, yes. imagine what the world would look like. Imagine if you could actually see chaos, cell phone 
uh, uh, let's call it for the layman, cell phone waves. Well, the radiation that comes from yeah from the uh, there was an experiment somebody did. They they cooked an egg using was, a cell phone. I was Do you remember that? Say, I was going to say, and I don't know if it was if it was genuine, but I what the egg or cooking the <laughs> cooking the egg, but yeah. I it's not too far fetched. Yeah. Uh, I think I and think ultimately we are we are what percentage water seventy percent or something crazy, yeah. mm. and the moment you start adding these things to water. You know, water is is a wonderful absorber of all of these things. Uh, there's there's definitely something in it. Maybe that's what's causing all the habit problems, Alan. Huh? Yeah, I think I think the thing that's causing the habit problems is really the uh, people being complacent and just cruising through life unintentionally. You know, I, I think that that's really at the at the uh, what what is a bit concerning as well is that I'm not sure that. There are a great many people or percentage of people that are consciously trying to be different and consciously trying to be more aware and change the way they are in order to be better. I don't know that there's a a large percentage of the population that's actually interested. I think there are a great many people that are just quite happy to go with the flow, you know, go through there. And they have a routine, but it's in the rut. That's... That's a problem. The question, though, is how we fix it, and I think that would be uh, good to look into. And is it fixable? I don't know. We can, we can go on our um, quest to find that answer, and I don't think we ever will. We've got um, Fladro. Hello, Rudolph. Saying, I've missed lots of your discussion, but in my opinion, social media has actually almost replaced religion because religion Please. has been used over the years to control the masses. He wants to know if Michael built the cage. Which cage is he referring to? Which, which cage? I don't know. The vervet monkey cage that you have on the back of your bucky? No. Um, we don't know, uh, Rudolph, what cage you are referring to. He sent me a gif as well. He's an odd bloke. Rudolph, <laughs> listen, just don't eat any mince pies between now and next week, Tuesday. I'll ask him if he's... he's, he's uh, Maybe it was the foil on the mince pies. I think it was the foil. He was chewing the foil. Ultraviolet vision. UV birds. Mm. I said it's not infrared. I got it wrong. It's mm. UV. Okay. Yeah. Google. Thank you. Not my brain. Oh, he's talking about the Faraday cage. Okay. Oh, thank, thank you, Faraday. Rudolph. Yeah, because we mentioned the the Faraday cage. Yes. Um, the cage that got rattled. Have you ever been in a Faraday cage? It's quite an interesting. Is this the one with all the sparks? Well, not so much sparks, but it insulates you. It's like a... Basically, that's the theory that is behind... People always think that you don't get struck by lightning in a car because of the tires. No. Which is bollocks, because trust me, that lightning will go through a little bit of rubber, no problem. The reason you don't get struck by lightning in a car is because of the Faraday cage. You are surrounded by metal to a great extent. Is that that the the same thing you're talking of? So I've, I've been in a Faraday cage. In fact, I've been in two. I've been one in one in a... Place called Netfo, which is outside Pretoria. It's uh, an energy testing place. It, it's part of Eskom. Okay, gosh, uh, and it's still working. Well, when I was there, this is probably ten years ago now, uh-huh. and um, they have the ability in there to link together large capacitors and things like that, and literally generate lightning. They can generate arcs. They do. Um, we did it at school with experiments on a very small scale, I think. We had this little, look like a baby lightning bolt. Yeah. They do with the same thing. Graph generator. Yes, phonograph yeah. generator. That's, That's it, right. yeah. yeah. So this is a big version of that. And you can, they generate, you know, hundreds of thousands of um, 
volts worth of I can't remember the, the exact figures but it's big stuff if you get stuck in there you're going to be toast it's, it's that simple and what were you doing in there we were testing um, I, I was I worked at a company called Smith Capital which was a we manufactured insulated aerial platforms for Eskom. they used to go up for doing live line work so the guys oh. you don't have to be insulated from the line you, the, the boom on the truck is insulated and therefore you can go up and you can work on the live line on the live line brilliant so, so you can help us with illegal connections <laughs> I have a chainsaw <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't need a chainsaw <laughs> no but chainsaws are fun we just need a really thick pair of gloves and, and one of these <laughs> insulated platforms <laughs> the the interesting thing about being in that space was that when they're generating all of this or when rather when they weren't I mean generating the lightning and all of that stuff and the arcs and testing the the um, insulating properties of the of these of the, of the equipment that's interesting but for me the interesting thing is was being in this faraday cage because you have to be insulated from within the building you have to be insulated from the building because there's lots of spare electric floating yeah. around i'm sure you felt ecstatic ecstatic yes and when when i was in that cage I thought that I felt different because you were literally insulated electrically from from everything. Hmm. And I kind of thought maybe I imagined some of it. I'm, I'd like to think of myself as being fairly sensitive to subtle energy type, type things and fairly perceptive and all of that because I've dabbled with a lot of that stuff in the past. And I should stop saying dabbled with. No, I've done, dabbled done, with is good. I've done more than dabbled with it. But the... The thing is, I, I had the opportunity to be inside another Faraday cage that was much smaller. It's probably half the size of the studio. Okay. And essentially what this is is a, a double-skinned um, box, and inside that there's an electrical charge, a 1,000-volt charge or whatever. And it cuts out all interference, hmm. electromagnetic-type interference and RF interference and stuff like that from the outside. And I found it exceptionally interesting, the feeling of being insulated. And it's not just a case of now you can't hear something because the door's closed. You literally feel isolated, cut off from the interference that's... that's was it a there. good feeling? Well, it was an interesting feeling. I, don't, I wouldn't like to be like that for too long, but it yeah. was almost like a relief from... The know, noise. The noise. The, the, the norm, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. Can anybody go in there? Maybe we should build one of these things. You should have like a therapy session where we'll put you into a Faraday cage and you can just switch off for an hour, literally. I built, I built a, one of the things I dabbled with is I built a prototype and in fact then built a, a flotation tank, a sensory deprivation chamber. Oh, wow. Because I was quite into that at one stage. And sensory deprivation. Now, there's yeah. a show for us. Oh, yeah. Literally all senses. Well, as, as much as, as possible, you're floating in fluid. The, the fluid is um, it's water, and it's got um, H2, no, uh, Epsom salts, man. Okay, yes, like the Dead Sea. But more so, but even more so, because you, you literally float in there. It's like a supersaturated solution. Unless you keep it at uh, the correct temperature, it will just solidify and, well, it'll crystallize. Okay. It won't really solidify. So, the temperature... Where is this now? Oh, I took it apart. It's lying at home somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, all of a sudden, I, I'm seeing you as this, like, mad inventor. You know, this, this crazy person <laughs> who... 
It's now a it's, tram it's not, it's my <laughs> <laughs> Come up to the lab and see what's yeah. in the slab. Move out of the way. What was his name? Um, who did the, uh, the chocolate factory? Oh, Charlie. Willy Wonka. Uh, Willy Wonka, <laughs> yeah. We've run out of time, and I need uh, to get to Lorette's news. Uh, Excellent. But, but do stick around. Thank you for today's contribution. Good I stuff. hope that somewhere, somehow, things we talk about um, do make a difference. Yeah. Uh, a few messages again on the WhatsApp line. Thank you very much. Before we get to the news, people that think they try to be different, but can a fish have a clear picture of the dry land if it's never been out of the water? Yep, that's true. It's all about your perspective, I yep, suppose. That's right. Alan should watch less Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> Daredevil. What is Daredevil? I'm Having assuming it's, it's something where people do silly things, I'm guessing. Having a clue. Anyway, we're going to get to the news and then it's the coaching hour. Alan's going to stick around for a bit as well. Thank you for joining us. It's, yeah, thank it's you. always uh, thought, thought provoking. Good stuff.